We are Coleman County Schools. 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 Exceptional. Educational. Experiences. For everyone. For everyone. Every day. Every day. Every day. Welcome to the 2023-2024 uh, school year and welcome back to our very first podcast for this year, uh, Breakfast with Barnett. Uh, we're blessed today to have three of our veteran teachers from our school system with me today and, and I just thought it was very fitting to start out the school year talking to uh, some of our, our veterans that have retired from teaching in Coleman County Schools that many of you that watch this uh, probably had them or had uh, had family members that had them in class and I thought you'd enjoy hearing some some ideas and some perspectives that they have to share with us today um, I'll start off by introducing each of them and then we'll talk about where they taught and uh, and what they taught or were at and how many years um, with us first I have Miss Carol Patterson and uh, Miss Dolores McBrayer and Miss Geraldine Tipton and uh, I'm just going to allow them to go around. Go around. We'll start with you, Miss Patterson, and if you will uh, talk to us a little bit about where you taught and how many years that you taught before you retired. Okay. Uh, I started out teaching in Huntsville, Alabama, seventh grade, and then I came back to West Point, and then I taught at Jones Chapel. And I finished up my career at West Point. I taught English to uh, the whole time, one one history uh, at Huntsville, and I finished with 33 and one half years of teaching. Okay, Dolores. I'm Dolores McBrayer. I started teaching at Chandler Mountain and uh, taught uh, fifth and sixth grade and switched with the principal to teach English for him and he taught math for me. Then I went to uh, uh, Jones Chapel and taught there for a while and then decided I'd better go back and finish my college education and uh, I had married at that time. So I finished, then I taught at Cold Springs and then we built a house and moved, I moved back over to West Point and finished my education there. Okay, how many years did you teach? I taught 36 years. Okay, how many years? Oh, more than 30. Uh, Ms. Tipton? I'm Geraldine Tipton and I taught 10 or 12 years at Logan and that was the best starting place for me. I loved the people and I loved the children. And then I wanted to move to West Point so I could be with my sisters. And I taught there the rest of my time, 33 and a half years. I know uh, you and uh, Miss Wood and Miss Mary all retired at the same time, and there was a news article that came out after y'all retired. And I still have it. Was it? It was right at a hundred years between y'all three. Was. Isn't that right? It's ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. That's what I thought. 
Um, how many years has it been since y'all retired? We retired in 96, in so 96? figured that out. Okay. What year did you retire? I think I retired in 93. 93. <laughs> that uh, was a very difficult time for me when, uh, when I retired. I know y'all are very close and y'all talked y'all talked just down the hall from each other for years, right? And uh, so it was only fitting for y'all to retire at the same time, I guess. Um, what what do you think when you go back to when you first started teaching, what would you say was some of your biggest challenges that you had going into classroom? I, I know Miss Member, you talked about uh, you wouldn't even finish your college education yet and they put you in the classroom. We're almost back to that point now because we were struggling to find teachers again. And uh, But what were some of the biggest challenges, and whoever wants to go first, what were some of the biggest challenges that, that you thought were challenges at the time when you started teaching? Well, when I started, we didn't have many material. We had to print our own, go down to the printer and, and run it off. That was his biggest challenge. I had just, I only had 12 children, and that was wonderful. Yeah, okay. My biggest challenge was to have so many in the classroom. One time I had 40. Oh, wow. And uh, I had a student that came, and uh, we had a music teacher that was coming in, and she'd have music with us once a week. And this student got down and he was crawling around the desks and I thought, oh my goodness, I hope she doesn't see it. And he, and he was my new student. Well, uh, you know, sometimes we get spoiled and uh, we do have class sizes now in, in some grades that are in the upper 20s and, you know, around close to 30 in some of our classrooms. Um, but I dare say we don't have a classroom that has 40 in there. Uh, I guarantee you that. That's good. <laughs> My biggest challenge, I think, was going. Uh, I finished college I, in three years. I did each summer, three summers, and uh, so I went to Huntsville, and this was the beginning of the space age. And I, every child I had in that classroom, what their parents worked or were affiliated with the arsenal, so. I had to, I really had to prepare and and do, because they were good, good students, but as far as having, we had plenty, they had plenty of money. They were building new schools, and uh, I wish I had gone back to Huntsville, but I got married, so I came back to West Point, and I loved being there, and that challenge was moving from the seventh up to senior high school. But that's, that was the age group that I really liked to teach. I liked uh, the ninth grade and uh, the ten well, all of it. Teaching was, was fun back then. Mm -hmm. yeah. It really uh, was. I understand. Um, tell me a little bit, and this is not one of my questions, but I, when I think about some of the challenges that y'all have and some of the challenges that we have right now, um, how, how powerful were the air conditioners that y'all had in all your classrooms when you first started teaching? We didn't even have a fan. <laughs> I had a parent that brought me a fan. Brought you a fan? Uh, I remember uh, in my years at Jones Chapel, most of our classrooms had window units in there, but I can remember they were so loud that oh. when the teachers were teaching, they'd turn them off. 
and we'd open the windows. And, um, you know, and now, I mean, we're in a society now and, and uh, that, you know, if that air doesn't work for a few minutes, I get phone calls. Oh, yes. And, uh, and things like that. And we even, and you may not be aware of this, we just ordered 51 new buses. We, we run a, you know, we have about 140 buses in our school system. And we just ordered 51 new buses. And those, all of those buses are going to be air conditioned as well. Really? And uh, so. Oh, my and, goodness. And we're starting, we're trying to get our uh, gyms air conditioned and things. But uh, we, we do have some classrooms right now that their air will tear up. And if it's, if it's out for a day or two, boy, I'll hear about it. But anyway, I thought that might be interesting. Let me tell you something. I, lit, I mean, I, my room was on the end of the hall down there. Well, they had a fire drill. We didn't hear it. <laughs> and I heard all the students coming back in the building. I said, what is wrong? <laughs> and they had gone out and they had the fire drill. Nobody came and told us to get out. <laughs> and they got burned up. Good thing it wasn't real, I guess. Yeah. That's for sure. And uh, it, it is interesting, you mentioned fire drills, and that's something that, that we've done through the years. You know, we're required to do a fire drill every month. Oh. And, um, and, and interesting enough, you know, there hasn't been a student die from a fire in a school um, since the 50s, I guess. And, um, but, but we prepare for it all the time. But there's other things that we talk about that we don't do drills for that that are a lot worse but that's a whole whole nother thing but it's one of those things where you get in that mindset and maybe that's the reason that uh, we're blessed that we've got a lot of other precautions now that we don't you know it's not just in coleman county but in america we don't have very many uh, school buildings that catch on fire during the day and if they do they can put them out very quickly but um what do you think some of the biggest differences are between now and when you talk as far I, as hear teaching. It. I hear it. <laughs> okay, the, so she all the paperwork and stuff that has to do on the computer. And if I'd had to compute, do computer work, I, I'd had quit. Yeah, Every, everything's technology based now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is from calling road to doing your lesson plans to everything's in and the computer they have now. Put that on lesson plans on the computer. Yeah. Do y'all read them? Uh, I don't, but the principals do. Okay. And, uh, yeah. The parents, that's what I think is a difference because they don't stand behind you anymore. Yeah. And, and Sometimes that's a challenge. I know. Discipline mm -hmm. today. Yeah. You're very limited in what you can do. I'm sure before I retired, it was getting to be. I went back and filled in in the... Uh, I guess it was 1997, 98. I never had seen such a difference from the day that I retired until I went back. And it was, it was not, it was not good. Well, I, I know as a child, uh, I can remember coming home. I had an older sister that it seemed like my parents found out that I'd been in trouble at school before I got home because she would already tell them. Um, but no matter, in that situation, the teacher was always right. Exactly. There, there was no doubt. And it's not, not always that case now. And, and there are, you know, um, 
discipline has changed a lot and it's and, and there are and I will say there's a lot of challenges out there with mental health and things like that that, that change some of that that we got to take in, into consideration for sure but but um, but it is a, that is a challenge you know one thing I think the State Department should do we should look at have a social worker in every school especially when you mention uh, mental health yeah. that is so important if you could spot those problems and you know another thing we talk about changes you remember you, you people you do I'm sure you too but we used to have a register you know we had to oh. can y'all remember balancing that oh. thing at the end of the year and and all of that and permanent records and I know that they're no longer they're all digital now. They're all digital, and you can't make comments on them. <laughs> that was during my day, and right. and I think that I think they need to go back. We need to document things and let the next year teacher know. Yeah. And of course, that's something that would have to come from Montgomery. And you're definitely correct. There's. There's so many laws now that um, just from court cases through the years and things like that that you can't tell the next yeah. person or next teacher and unless there's um, there's certain circumstances where they can but there's a lot of that stuff that they don't pass on yeah. to the next person um, but yeah even you know this is my 28th year in education and and when I go back to my first few years of education. We had our grade book that we kept everything in from attendance and it, it was like our, our Bible and um, you had your grades and your attendance and you had everything in and, and now the teachers, we give all of our teachers a, a laptop and they enter everything in and it's web based and, and, and so forth. I don't think I would have made it. <laughs> I, that takes all the time away from working with the students and and you need to develop that a relationship with them and you really have to you have to and yeah. and like and from what i'm hearing it's it, there's a great distance between the student and the teacher well i've always said and, and I, I continue to say there's the best education in the world it, it doesn't matter what we have on a computer or even in a textbook it's that highly uh, trained and, and highly prepared teacher in front face to face with a teach with a kid exactly and uh, and that interaction between the two that's where the best uh, instruction happens during the pandemic where everybody was sent home and they were all given computers to go home and um, a lot of school systems did not have very much face-to-face -face instruction we came back before many of them in Alabama did and and one reason for that is our academic achievement took a big jump compared to other people in the state of Alabama and it was clearly because we brought our kids back to be in front of the teachers and, um, and, and we still try to do that even though we have computers and we have that technology uh, we do our best to use the technology as a tool not as the main th teacher right. if that makes sense uh, we do still have some uh, students that are on virtual as in the middle schools and high schools and, and even those, we try to limit it if they have a medical condition or something like yeah. some reason that they need to do that. Uh, but otherwise, we want them in the classroom with that teacher. And, and as far as call and roll and doing lesson plans and things, um, I, I think our younger generation of, of, of uh, teachers 
can knock that out very quickly and then get on with, with teaching and so forth. But, but there is a lot of paperwork, there's no doubt. Uh, I joke all the time that, uh, you know, our legislators probably, I don't know, might be 10 or 12 years ago now, they passed a law to reduce the paperwork for educators. And I just said, good thing they passed that law because uh, it, it's a lot of, a lot of paperwork. And, and all of it, you know, the vast majority of that comes from somewhere above Coleman County. Yes. And, and we have to, but we're required to do that. Um, what advice would you give to a teacher that, this, that they're just starting out in education? So what would you do to encourage them to, to be their best? What, what would you say? I would, I would say, take what you have learned in college to the classroom, teach subject matter, but you also have to teach a lot of things besides subject matter. We, we're getting away from the, and, and of course here again, the, this is something that you can't really do, but you've got to, you've got to earn the trust and the respect of those students. You don't become, you become their friend, but you are the teacher. They're, they're your student, but you have to show them that, that you love them, that you're interested in them, and, but you've got to teach, you've got to teach what you're supposed to teach. That's right. And really, you've got to be in charge. You've got to be you've in charge. You've got to and know that you this is something that bothers me and uh, is the fact that, you know, we dress, everything is so casual now. You've got to distinguish yourself from the student. When you're, some of these new people are so young when they come out and they blend with the students, you've got to be able to walk in that room and somebody has to, and pick out the teacher. He's, know who's in charge. Mm -hmm. Who's in charge? Mm -hmm. And do y'all have dress code? We do. Yes. And we have, you know, our student dress code is the bare minimum, but we have expectations higher than that. And uh, and I and I'll say at our teacher institutes, and I tell our principals to pass it on to their teachers all the time. At any given time, if if a teacher has their class outside or if they're in the classroom, and you walk up you should immediately be able to look there and know who is in charge right. by the way they are dressed professionally. Exactly. And, um, and it was getting pretty bad when we left. Well, and, and we've, we've worked on that. I mean, it, uh, and it, sometimes we find it to be less casual, but one of the things that we've, we've come a long way with lately, if, if, um, if they do wear t-shirts and things like that, at least it'll have Coleman County Schools on it or something that they'll know um, you know that they are the person in charge. I'm sure there are days that that you know that they you would need to do this. Sure. Uh, you know sporting events and all that. But as a whole, I think there should be uh, there's a difference. I agree. When I started, you had to wear a dress. Oh my goodness, yes. When I can remember when pants came out, it had to be a then you, if you wore pants, you had to have a tunic. Oh, and. Then, I can remember we didn't even I was not even allowed to leave the dorm in college with right. pants or with shorts or anything on that was back in the dark ages of <laughs> we had to wear stockings we had to wear raincoats you talk about hot 
in Tuscaloosa that was hot <laughs> if you went down to the post office or something. I love it. Well, Ms. Mayberry, what, what advice would you give to a new teacher? Just uh, do what you've been taught to do and, and you've got the instructions in yeah. those books. Know what is in them, what are in the books and you've been taught how to teach, so teach it. That's right. That's Just right. do it. Ms. Tipton, anything you want to share relative to that? Try your best to get along with the parents. Yeah. I've had some parents that, hmm. And I think it's important, you know, and, and that's one thing I would tell our parents, that if, if there's some parents watching this, that um, it's a partnership. It, it really is. is. It doesn't have to, it's it not is. the teacher against the parents or parents against the teacher. Um, we want what's best for their kids, and I know their parents want what's best for their kids, and, and it's so important when those students know that, and I remember when I was in the classroom and I was a principal, and I still do it at times, I, I want that young person to know, hey, me and your parent, we're on the same team, right. and we want what's best for mm -hmm. you, and, and so when the parents can come along, the educators, and work alongside them, and um, that's always, that always works best. Well, well, our last question today would be, what, what would you tell young students that are starting their career in education and uh, do you have any advice for students what can they do to be successful and, and learn all they need to just work at it and do their very best put their all into it that's it's right. just like you really enjoy it that's right i've got a little first grader that his grandmother lives across from me and i'm always giving him advice there you go that's good <laughs> that's good Ms. Patterson, anything you want to share? Well, students need to, they need to understand. And I, I think one thing that, that we don't teach, we wait too late to teach, is that this is preparation. If they're in elementary, you're preparing for something bigger. And once they get to junior high, once they get to, then on into high school, help them make their minds up you know tell them how important i think we need to teach career education mm -hmm. early mm -hmm. on and then and let the student know that you students should know get to know their teacher and know where their that teacher is coming from and it's they have to be grounded i know once you once you get out of high school and you go on to college you're going to meet all kinds of theories and all kinds of opinions you've got to be grounded you've got to learn to think for yourself That's and right. i think we need to teach that skill and i think students need to realize you know when they get to be in senior high school we're old the older you get the less you know <laughs> so students remember the teacher's been there and done that at one time in that teacher's life she was the same age you are that's right or he's the same age you are so uh, gotta realize that we're human beings and we don't have it in for this one and we don't have it in for that one and that's the biggest thing treat the teachers need to treat everybody equally same and students in turn need to realize that they need to know that yeah well i'll tell you one thing a little different that 
from my leadership stance, um, a lot of a lot of superintendents or a lot of people in the past have always pushed kids that oh we're we're preparing you for college we're preparing you for college. Uh, I have said over the last few years I don't care what you do just get a W two. That's right. And and what I mean by that is uh, if if you want to go and, and be an electrician or a plumber or or, or build houses or, or mow grass or whatever you want to do in life, figure that out and be the best that you can be at. Mm -hmm. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. And, be and, the best. Uh, so we. We have done a really good job over the last few years, I believe, is if a, if a young person wants to go to college, um, my staff has worked really hard at helping them get prepared to go to college. And we give them all the options that they have and we try to help them find funding for it. And then, But if they want to go into a business or an industry and, and go straight into the workforce, we want to help them do that. Mm -hmm. And um, as long as they can prepare for their, or prepare or, or for, for continually learning to get better and better at whatever they do and that way you know they can provide for their family and um, not be a burden on on the society and uh, so that's what we ultimately want well I, I think we're probably beyond our time I appreciate you all three sharing with us today and uh, once again this is breakfast with Barnett and uh, this is our first episode this year and, and uh, be watching for more in the weeks to come thank you where's breakfast <laughs> That's right. We love breakfast. <laughs>